We're jumping right into Q&A. We are in the Q&A portion, so welcome and thanks for sticking away. Uh, sticking, sticking around. Thanks for sticking away. <laughs> sticking away. Sticking away some money for us. Uh, so right off the bat, I want to give the number again, which is 360-447-8474. So text in any and all questions, comments, contentions to us right here, and we'll, uh, we'll ask them at you. Uh, a very surprising thing you don't know at home, you can only see in the room. This could have gone a, a couple different ways, but I, this is our first Sunday that we tried not doing uh, reserving seats. Right. And so the big nervousness was that people would see that as, a, oh, I Bets didn't. Bets are off. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to, I didn't like reserving, but now everyone's just going to come and it's going to be too many. It went uh, the other way. Just, yeah, I think a lot of people got maybe a little nervous that, oh, there's going to be too many people there for my liking. Yeah, maybe. yeah. But for there was actually uh, fewer people in the room with the open reservation. So that means we're going to keep doing the cool. not taking reservations. That's right. We'll see how it goes. It's going to go just I great. mean, if, we, if the, if the in-house people shrink enough, we'll go back to one service. Oh, heavens no. <laughs> yeah, you don't get to <laughs> no, practice anymore. No, we need to. As I, uh, yeah, so as, as doing some of the tech stuff, I really appreciate now getting a, a shot at figuring everything out. Isn't that right, Colin? I've found out what you're good at, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, easy, buddy. Good thing he's not mic'd. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, this one says, great music this morning. Thanks, someone yeah. and Kenny Thank Bean, you, Kenny but Bean. I'm going to give it to Kenny Thank since Colin. Colin's a meanie. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah, send in those questions. Somebody did just say, um, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should ask, does, does Bruce uh, envision us in our PJs and underwear? Because we are. <laughs> well, thanks for putting saying. that in my head. That's right. PJs yeah. and underwear, you meaning some are in PJs and some are in underwear, or you're or, just or wanting both. me to know what's under those PJs? <laughs> I'm in my PJs and underwear. Yeah. So people also said uh, we're not going wild. If if Bruce had a <laughs> cell phone, maybe he'd hear God calling. Maybe that's what you've been missing. Oh, because for those of you who snap. don't know, our old Luddite pastor here uh, still don't right. Still don't got a, a cell phone. Why would I have a cell phone? So that you could communicate with the vast. Just a minute, sorry, I got a call coming in. <laughs> and and whoever this is mm -hmm. is. Obviously more important than you being here in real life and taking an effort. So let me grab this I real know. quick. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> also, he holds it like he's an old-timey radio operator, though. You see that? Squelch. <laughs> yeah. Over. <laughs> that's really I wild. don't know how you kids use cell phones. Clearly, I think that I'm that's conducting, part of the genius. You know what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. I am conducting... Uh, uh, wasn't it Prince? Wasn't he the guy, that did, the only other one that didn't have a cell phone, and then he died? So now I'm, I'm it. Prince didn't have a cell phone? I have no idea. That's I, a funny I just thing. happen to know that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> That's why he does it. Uh, no, I'm conducting, I think, the single biggest experiment ever undertaken in the history of mankind. I'm curious what would happen if everyone in the world started using a brand new electronic hold to your brain device, of a new way of communicating. Uh, uh -huh. What would happen if everyone in the world did it? And so, you're all my test subjects. Mm. I've stepped away so that I can watch. <laughs> and it's yeah, been very, very nice. fascinating because for me, you have to understand, for me, life hasn't changed. I still do things the, the old caveman way of email. And, you know, yeah, still, yeah, still yeah. Still on the internet. I know, isn't that funny? But, but I haven't. Is it a Hotmail account? <laughs> and so it's really been interesting because I don't feel like I'm missing out because I, as like a person who never smoked, I didn't have to 
quit. For sure. Because I never did it. And so it's been really interesting from my perspective mm -hmm. to watch this world change in a crazy way. And now we're starting to see number one best-selling books come out with how to get rid of your phone. Yeah, right. And we all know it. We all like it's it's kind of like when the power goes out, we you know, we dread it. It it's the end of days, but then we figure it out real quick. You know, like we throw some candles up and you know yeah. eat okay. beef jerky. And okay, back to the Back to the back to the uh, no, I don't. Uh, okay, well, for starters, uh, what do you think? Once again, couldn't stand it, but I stomached <laughs> barely stomached it. That's that's um, why I have you around. Yeah, a lot yeah, of no, can. Exa <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, love it. Love the Disneyland analogy. I love anything that we can do a nice, like easy. Oh, when to it wraps it because see, in our sermon meeting with Pastor John, Pastor Noah, and myself your humble correspondent, uh, we were talking about God's will. And I'm trying to make things simple, uh, too simple. And, and they're going, well, you know, really God's will breaks into four categories. And they call it different things, but there's this declarative will, and there's this will of supremacy, and there's this, they got different ways right, of right. talking about the fact that one, he's just, there's certain things that he's done and doing, and no one's going to stop him from completing. And then within that, then there's this permissive will where, you know, okay, there has to be a disaster because in his overall will, that's part of the purpose, and so it has to be allowed, even though he doesn't like it. And then there's his cooperative will where he's working right. with us, but then that breaks into a couple categories. And and my head swam going, well, no one wants to hear all this. And so what's this prayer about? Oh, okay. Well, it's not about the stuff that won't matter if we pray or don't pray. Right, right. It's about the stuff where we're working with them. And, it's, and it, my pixie stick analogy that I told you about on Tuesday right, right. turned into a snow cone yeah. analogy. Same thing. Once it's colder. <clears throat> Same idea. But I latched onto this idea of Disneyland, and then it just kept working. And it's like, oh, I love when an analogy just keeps yeah. working. And it's like... So we can wrap up that whole will of supremacy and, per, and permissive right. will uh, in just one paragraph on you buy the plane, you know, you got that role where you buy the plane tickets, make the plans, you got to make some choices you don't like, but that's what you do. They right. don't even know you're doing it, but you've got it covered. Right, like, right. There's that. We're not praying about that. Right, right. And it was like, oh, that felt, that took away almost three-fourths of a page of doctrine trying to make sure we understood so I like that. Which is good. And that's also always, I find, you know, a hallmark of truth. If, it's, if it takes, you know, 30 <laughs> pages and new words to describe something, I feel like we're not there yet in understanding right. it because I think God makes stuff simple. That's just the, the nature of truth. Um, yeah, Ecclesiastes. The more the words, the less the meaning. Yeah. And how does that profit anyone? That's right. Um, also, another good... Uh, Abraham Lincoln. Sorry about the long letter. I didn't have time to write a short one. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, I like, uh, we've been doing a lot of these, what you're calling scripture mixtapes, where we just kind yeah. of let the word talk it out. And I got to admit, I, I forgot, I, I never, we didn't connect again because we were busy this week. Um, I, 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 I took a whack at it. I was trying to get my head around like the will and everything too. And I, I forgot um, that I, I collected a bunch of the, what is the will of God and everything. Oh, you mean it could have helped me. Oh, could have helped you tons. I bet. <laughs> no, but we, <laughs> it would have just derailed things and I know better than that. But it was so funny because I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, Independently, and I love that. There's nothing better. Independently like, verified. Independently verified. You know, hey, Ken here. There's another one of those wonderful independent no, verifiers. Let me know. But I love, I love that. When I go and I read something and I'm trying to figure something out and somebody else does and you come back and you go, good, we're on the same page. I mean, that, that feels, uh, you know. Like well, in these scripture, these little scripture mixtapes, they come from me genuinely. You know, I have my old sermon and I have, I know what other people teach on this, right. but my, my new curiosity is, 
Okay, but what all does the Bible say about it? And what are all the nuances that we're missing? And so I'll go through and, okay, let's just look up every scripture that has anything to do with God's will or or God's desire or whatever it is. And then the whole in heaven and on earth. And then I end up with like two, three hundred of them. And it's kind of daunting. But you read through with a highlighter and you pare that down to like, you know, 30 or so and, and pare that down to something you can put together. But by the end, by the time I force myself to just select like, okay, we're going to use eight or 10 and they're going to make sense together. Right. It has forced me to see all, see it in all its shades and nooks and crannies. It's like, wow. It, it, I mean, pick your topic. The Bible is really complete, yeah. but you have to do what Jesus said. Right. Seek and find and wisdom in chapter 2 of Proverbs. Dig for it like treasure. And yeah. Isaiah says uh, in 28, uh, little here, a little there, line on line, mm-hmm, thought mm-hmm. on thought. And, and actually, I want to also point out, because uh, in case anybody is uh, skeptical or worried about it, because every once in a while, uh, there'll be some like ellipses in here where you're kind of abbreviating or yeah, something I like that. Yeah, I use a lot of ellipses. And I want to, because boy, oh boy, that is one of the cardinal uh, sins that this church does not do, which is to cut and paste. So like, if you ever, if you ever see it's, this, you go, well, you can make the Bible say whatever you want if you arrange them and cut and right, everything. Right, right, right. I do want to say that is, that is something we are so sensitive to. So like, for, like you just said, I'll take 300 of them and then you will just load them in and load them in and load them in. So you get as much of the context and tone of mm-hmm. everything that you can. So when yeah, you're my doing ellipses, some, yeah, that's the dot, dot, dot. My ellipses never remove meaning from what I'm teaching. The ellipses always remove extra bits about other things. And so it's, it, you know, like some of these scriptures on the will, they're not just about his will. Right. So it'll be like, yeah, on this. And then it'll do a side trip, you know, like uh, honor him with your body. Uh, for he said to so-and-so that yeah. da 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 right. And this is a thing about that and the other. And likewise this. And I, that's why I'm saying it to you, thus says Paul. And so it's like, okay, actually that just needs to say this. And then we jump to the next one that's after that. And so, yeah, my ellipses are only there so I can read you more scriptures. Right. But I would read you the whole thing in context. But <laughs> right. sometimes that you, uh, like especially with this idea of God's will. Yeah, it said God's will up here and we had so much talking. And then this was here and this was here and that was there. That you kind of forget it. The, the, yeah, it started with it's his will. So by doing right. that. And then uh, one of these I put ellipses in because... Uh, what they covered, even though it is his will and it is things you can do, it was covered in the, the last one. It's like, well, I don't need to read them twice. Right, 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 right. But none of them, you know, the one that had the, uh, your body, keep your body holy. Yeah. It had a bunch that repeated down there, but that one had ones that weren't in this one, but it didn't have the body one. It's right. like, so there, I want the body one. Right. And I want those. So I'm and, ju- ellipses helped me to give you everything, not take. And again, away. all of these things are still just, you know, bullet points for you to go in there and keep it in its, you know, holistic. Go read these things complete, in context. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. But what wonderful, just, you know, curiosities to pull out and group together okay. and get in a certain way. Cool. Okay, question. Where did the whole, quote, calling start? We, we, uh, we have so many religiosities we accept as apologetics. How do we decode it in, uh, how do we decode it all in an efficient man- matter? Does that make sense? <laughs> um, I have no problem whatsoever. Well, I don't know where it came from, but I, I think it's from day one. Uh, people just like to speak in concrete ways that are not biblically sanctioned. 
You know, James is chapter 5 that says, those of you who say, uh, today or tomorrow we're going to go to the city and make a profit. All such talk is evil. Instead, you should say, if the Lord will, no, wait, if we're still alive, <laughs> and if the Lord wills, uh, we will go uh, to this or that city and make a profit. And it's just so very clearly teaches this humility we're supposed to put on. Don't be saying, oh, the Lord told me that I'm to go to Seattle tomorrow. Really? Did he tell you you'll be alive tomorrow? Right. Right. And so I think there's, it's, it's, a, it's a sin. It's something that we want to do. We want to control. Uh, it's, it's a weird sin. We don't like that God wants us to make choices and that he leaves us kind of floating. Or that there's some ambiguity that, in those choices. Where it's like, that I he's think maturing it's this, I think us it's and wanting mm-hmm. us to learn and grow. And mm-hmm. so it's like, I like having control. And part of my control is believing God speaks very black and white and tells me what to do. And that way I don't have to make those choices and grow. But I can sound really spiritual and say, well, God told me to go to... Africa, and I, well, how? By telegram or what? Right. No, no, in my heart, just my heart. He really overwhelmed my heart. Wait, is this the same God that gave that huge warning that said the heart is deceitful above all else and wicked and no one can know it? Right. That's that God? And he did what? He speaks to you how? By my, don't worry. He also told my heart to tell me that it's really not that deceitful. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> I right. don't think that's him talking right, through it. Right, And now that's not so, to say. So the calling. Yes. So I think we like to con- we like to control. We all know that, and so we we deceive ourselves into believing things are more black and white from God than they are, and that has really bitten a lot of people on the rumpus. Because I've dealt with the fallout of people who go, I just I, I we really felt with all our might, and everyone confirmed that it was His will that we're going to do this, and then my wife died or my husband died or whatever, and I'm just lost now because I don't even know what God. Because now that proves that He's not real right. because He for sure said it, and now it's right. not true. So He didn't back up. Maybe He didn't say it. Maybe that's. Where things exactly. Went off the rails. I have no problem with people speaking like it tells us, demands us to in James. If I'm still alive and if God actually wills it, then we'll go to this or that city and make a profit. So I have no problem with someone saying, I really feel like God's calling me to go to Africa. Mm-hmm. But you saw the little disclaimer in there. Right. But see, people will say, well, that's not faith. You're supposed to step out on faith. Faith is saying, no, I'm taking a stand. God is calling me in Africa. You're right. That is solid faith in yourself. That's not faith in God. Because faith in God is to follow all of his scriptural commands. And one of them is not put faith in yourself. And so when I say, oh, I know that God told me this. You know that you are a perfect receiver of God's voice? Well, that sounds like you put yourself on the throne. Mm -hmm. So I love when people say, I think... I think God's calling me to this. Uh, if I'm here, uh, there was a pastor, he's passed away, and I love Tom Ferguson down at Everett New Life. Uh, Foursquare pastor, no one would ever say that Tom Ferguson, he's head of all the Foursquare churches around the uh, states, no one would, would think he was spiritually immature. And he used to call out words of prophecy and stuff, and that's how they did. And I loved his style, his humility. He would sit there and and this is back in, this is 30 years ago, this is back in the day when Pentecostalism sure. was real big. And, uh, and he was so unlike everyone else. Hey, the Lord's giving me a name. The Lord's saying, there's someone in this section. Tom would get up and go, 
Um, hmm. I don't know. If I'm, if I'm hearing the Lord right, I think, I think he might be saying, and I stopped right there and wrote it down and went, if I'm hearing the Lord right, mm-hmm. I think he might be saying, <laughs> and then he said something that was just wonderful and scriptural. Mm-hmm. And I went, but it was for, you know, I, but the thing was, he was saying this is specific for this, for someone in this room. Mm-hmm. And he says, I don't know that, but, but I'm just, I don't know if this is God, but I think if I'm hearing him right, I, I feel like he might be saying, I thought, those disclaimers are maturity, not immaturity. Right, right. This is a man of God who has realized that there's a difference between having faith in yourself and faith in God. There is no question he believed God could speak, would speak, did speak. He didn't have faith in his own little antenna right. to accurately pick right, it up. Right. Now, and also, that does not mean that you don't act on it like it is the word of God. Like if you have that sensation, right. you feel like, boy, right. it sure seems like he's saying that. You step out. You uh-huh. go. And you go, I don't want to go to Africa. Well, then it probably. But do you feel like that's what God's telling you? Then like you got to act on it. Then you it's the do. same with that meat that was uh, offered to idols in uh, Romans 14. Is that it? And Paul says, it's not actually wrong to eat it. It's not wrong to eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols and you get it at a bargain price in the marketplace. But. If there's somebody who believes it's wrong to eat, it's wrong to eat for this guy or gal. And guess what? It's wrong for you to convince them it's okay if deep down they still feel it's wrong because you're causing them to sin. You're going, but how are you causing them to sin? It's not wrong to eat. You just said, no, you're causing them to violate their conscience. And that's the real sin. And guess what? It's even wrong for you to eat it in front of them because they think you're sinning. You Mm -hmm. go, well, I'll tell them what I, no, no, no. Because it says, don't look down on them. Don't look down on the weaker one that only eats the vegetables and, and passes on the meat. It's all about showing love. I just talked to someone out here this morning about the whole COVID thing. And there's people in the church and we get the letters that the church shouldn't be demanding masks. And, and uh, you know, we should be just going and trusting God and having all this confidence in the Lord. And, and it's like, yeah, but then there's those pesky passages about obeying the laws of your land. Oh, these aren't laws. These are just mandates. And girl, OK, now we're, we're shaving fine points. But then there's that other whole bunch of scriptures, especially in Peter, where don't give the unbelievers a reason uh, to disparage the name of your father. Live in such a way so as to be at peace with all of them so that they'll just look at you and what you do and give praise to your father. And don't. Right, right. And so. There's all that. I know, and you don't want to put a stumbling block, but half of the people might say this is a stumbling block, and the same thing might not be for others. It's just, it's and tricky. So, right. It is tricky, but nonetheless, you're back to your main point where we branched off there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, now, if I was preaching our conversation, I would put ellipses <laughs> in that whole <laughs> right. section and yes. go right back to where you, uh, we left off with um, the person's question right. yeah. about acting on it if you feel it. I have no problem with people saying, in fact, it's really good. What do you think God's calling you to do? That's why I said in the sermon today, uh, pray for, you know, uh, a ju- good judgment and sensitivity and right. whatever you need to pray for, for the choices that you're supposed to make. Right. And then act on them. Because if you believe God's calling you to something, you should do it. It's like the kid with the snow cone. I know I like the grape. I don't know if I like, what's the green one? It's lime. What's the yellow one? It's lemon. Would I like those? I don't know. Right. Oh, 
But it's also all right to make that choice. And the, yeah. So and take then, the. I, I want the green one. Okay. Here you go. They go oh, I don't like this at all. I don't like this. And yeah. what's dad? What's dad or mom do? Well, here. You. I'll trade you. Totally. Well, here. You know what? You tried something new. Let's get a different one. Yes. And it's great because we want you to find, we want you to have that's, the one that's made for you. That's the whole idea. And for you to learn, you know, to yeah. become mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. little human. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that analogy. All very true. Very good. So if you are completely wrong about being a missionary, but you really feel this is what God's calling you to do, do it. Right. Because if you get there and go, oh, I don't like this at all, <laughs> you're going to learn a couple great things. You're going to learn, one, you're not a missionary. Right. And two, that maybe you need to check your, it's going to help your uh, start filtering how to actually hear the Lord. It's like, right. well, I thought I was hearing him, but yeah, just don't go there, feel, uh, you know, not like it, and then feel all this guilt that I know, God, I know God wanted me to do this, but I don't like it. Right, 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 exactly. Not that you don't do things you don't like, <laughs> you have to do something you don't like. Uh, no, you, be, you just be ready to be corrected, be sensitive and humble so that you can hear those things and just honestly follow where you're pulled and pray constantly about that's that. Make yeah, it that's clearer, his will. Make it clearer in my heart. If I'm like, pray continually. I like it, yeah, exactly, you'll get there. God, God wants clarity for you. He's not up to like, you didn't ask him the right way. He right. wants, he wants it. Help, so. But this is all loving discipline and not discipline as in punishment. Discipline is in training. Sure. It's all loving training. Yeah. He's going to get us growed up. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna so a lot of times I go, I don't hear him. Well, no, just like you're working out in the gym. I don't feel my coach helping me lift this. <laughs> That's not what he does. He's the coach. Uh, okay, here we go. Does our desire to see God's will be done reveal whether or not we really trust him, particularly in deciding what is good and evil? In other words, whether or not we're okay with the fall hmm? of like humanity. Does our desire to see God's will be done reveal whether or not we really trust him, particularly in deciding what is good and evil? In other words, whether or not we're okay with the fall. So I think that's sort of saying, if you're wanting God's will, God's will is always only going to be good, right? It's right. not going to be for anything other than good. Right. And so if you, the more you want to see uh, God's will be done, the more that you're asking for that in spite of whatever I got going on here. Otherwise, perhaps you're okay. There's some of those things where you don't really want it to be done because you kind of like the way that something is that you don't want to change Or do you mean it. like you're afraid that if his will be done, all these bad people that some of which you really love, they just, you know, have the wrong theology maybe, and that you don't want to see them crushed by God. Is that what they're asking? I don't know. It could be. Clarification for the yeah, texter. Yeah, clarification for that one. Person, um, but in a nutshell, yeah. uh, I, would, I would offer a warning. Don't think you know God's will. Unless, right. if, I mean, if you're talking about his specific expectations, make sure you're getting them, well, not out of my sermon, make sure you're getting them out of his word. Right. Because the specific expectations are, are all positive it, you know, I, I can see where maybe they're thinking uh, this is dealing with like the destruction of evil and wickedness, and and doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean the destruction of the person? It means the destruction of the wickedness. A lot of Christians will tell you, "Man, God got my attention." You know, I had to go to the bottom of the barrel and he just made sure the boo to the boo and I was in jail and I was on my knees. No, God destroyed the wickedness. But 
you know, that whole, there's that old Jewish proverb, the same sun that melts the wax hardens the clay. It's all about the condition of the heart. And so God is good. God can't not be God. I want God's effect to be here. There's going to be people with a type of heart that when they see the goodness of God, they're going to get hardened. You know, that whole thing about where he hardened Pharaoh's heart. And like, why would God harden Pharaoh's heart? Because he's the son and we're clay. Right, right. Or we're wax. Yeah. And so you can read scriptures about how their hearts melted like wax and their hearts hardened like clay. Right. And so how did God harden Pharaoh's heart? By being God and saying, hey, this is me and this is what I'd like you to do. Now, he did the same thing with Moses, who was in line to go to the throne. Mm-hmm. Moses went, melt, okay. Right. But his old stepbrother there said, God ain't going to tell me what to do hard. Right, It's like, well, how'd he harden his heart the same way he melted Moses, just revealing himself? So, yeah. So, I mean, I guess in answer to the first part of the question, does our desire to see God's will be done reveal whether or not we really trust him? Yes. Yes. Because if you're afraid that he, that something sad and bad will happen that's not for the eternal best of everything everything, everyone, Mm -hmm. then that's a failure to trust God. But I can see the humanity. If I have a kid who's living in sin and rebellion and I'm thinking, oh, I really don't, you know, I don't want Jesus to come back right now because I don't know what would happen to him. I can see that, that struggle and, but it's a trust. It's a totally going, but you know what? He's all good. I know he'll do it. Yeah, he's got a plan. But what if it doesn't work out the way I want? It's still when you when you get to see everything from the other side, you you will say without any prompting. It's perfect. Even better. I would have chosen that if I knew that was on the table. You know, that's how he works. Um, Okay. Also, hey, here's a here's a question uh, about the bathrooms. What was the inspiration for the posting of the verses on the women's bathroom doors at the church? Trying to make sense <laughs> of it. Which says, which is from 1 Corinthians. You, you, you <clears throat> oh, I'm very familiar. Yeah, I chose no, the no. scripture. <laughs> yeah. Because it's very appropriate. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, we have three separate scriptures in the bathrooms. Ooh, in the men's try room. In the, yeah, try them all. You can <laughs> do it after hours when there's no one in there. Uh, in the ladies, we have a reversal up on the header that you see when you're like dolling yourself up. And it says to basically uh, remember the true beauty that's inside uh, the beauty that God sees, mm-hmm. uh, the true you that God sees. Then in the men's, I love this because the men's is a very, uh, ladies is a very bright room and the men's uh, restroom is dark and it's more of man cave. And so we put a little scripture on the wall and we chose a font. So it kind of looks like it's Hebrew or something weird, but it's just a weird font that's backwards. And so when you look in the mirror in the men's room, you see the scripture behind you that says, uh, for now we see in a mirror dimly, Mm -hmm. which is so funny because you're looking in a mirror dimly. (laughs) Uh, But then we shall see face to face. Then I shall know fully just as I am fully known. That's what I was saying about on the other side. You'll see it and go, oh, it's perfect. On the backs of all the restroom doors, the, the toilet doors, toilet stall doors, 
is that scripture from Corinthians. And it's about the parts of the body. And basically it says there's... On, oh, yeah, because they took a picture of it and said that on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. Now read the next one. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. So, so one of the reasons it's there is because that's what we're doing when we're in that little stall. Our unpresentable parts we treat with greater modesty. That's what we're doing. Okay. Which our more presentable parts do not require. Don't require. If one member suffers, all suffer together. Okay, stop right there. So your unpresentable part that you don't want to talk about or anyone to know about, but you're in that stall taking care of it. If it suffers, <laughs> all your presentable parts suffer. <laughs> if you got a gut ache or you got a, a back there ache of some sort, <laughs> Well, then your perfect smile is going to suffer. Your bright eyes are going to suffer. The whole body <laughs> suffers if your hind end hurts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, uh, then the scripture quickly says, hey, and guess what? We're, we as the body of Christ is just like that. Uh -huh. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And so I thought since we, I got, you know, people's attention for a minute or so there in the stall <laughs> and we're in the church, I just wanted them to remember that just like the parts of the body, there's people in the church that, that are a pain. There's people in the church that are kind of the unpresentable parts. Mm -hmm. But if they're suffering, we're all suffering. Right. Because they're a part of the body. Right. And so just because there might be a, I don't know what you want to call them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, a, a trying person in the church. They're part of the body. And even though you might consider them kind of the unpresentable, I don't want to be around that person. I don't like other people to see them. They're kind of an embarrassment. To me. They're part of your body. Right. And you need to take care of them. And if they're suffering, then all the the wonderful people that you love in the church that are have their act the, together. Yeah. Oh, which we're just full of. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. are. I would say almost everyone in this church I see that way. Oh my goodness. Well. Anyway, so that was pastor. so that was the reason I thought what better place you're in yeah. there with no, the unpresentable part and and here's this wonderful scripture that no one ever quite thinks all the way through what it's saying. It's saying sure. yeah. there's kind of some that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. for you. Um, yeah, cool. Also, when you're saying that, I mean, so yeah, if it's printed backwards to see, you printed a scripture about seeing things dimly backwards in a mirror, but you had to print it backwards. But if that scripture about the way that we see life, isn't that the right way? And aren't we seeing it? <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Moving on. Um, okay. Uh, Isaac, oh, oh uh, I think this is continuing on with the calling starting. Isaac okay. and Abram. He literally was called to sacrifice his son and still was freed from the calling. Oh, I think, is that just giving us a, like a kind of an example of obeying the calling insofar as you like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And believe you me, <laughs> I'm not really keen on it. And when you feel that like, Got to change of plans, you know, like when God, be ready to now, be corrected. But let's remember, uh, you know, like Hebrews chapter 1 says, uh, in the days past, God spoke uh, through the prophets in many ways and many means. But in these days, he's spoken to us through his son. 
He spoke differently back then, mm -hmm. especially with Abraham, who sees three guys standing among the, the myrtle trees and goes, oh, that's God and a couple angels. And then God and a couple angels came into his camp and he made right. them food. And then God took him aside when the angels went down to Sodom and Gomorrah. God states that, you know what? I should tell Abraham what I'm going to do. So God stayed behind. And then Sarah, she laughed. And God said, why is she laughing? And she said, I didn't laugh. He said, well, you were. I know everything. I'm God. And so and that's why you're going right to name there. him Isaac. So, yeah, if he does that, <laughs> <laughs> sure, then. you better do what he says. How do you feel about dreams then? What about them? Well, because I mean, like we have. I don't. So that's many... not what it, we're not told. That's what Abraham had in that moment. No, no, God no. came no, to him, but and he has. Well, okay, because I he mean, has... he does have a dream. He falls asleep, and but he has met God. God is speaking sure. to him, making something very clear. And in his dream, he's got the like because we get the whole you know Abrahamic covenant, which he is mm -hmm. uh, basing his obedience on. But God also argue. shows up a few times. For sure, for sure. So he's, they've but got I mean, a also, thing going. So like today, because it is a, it's another one of those tricky things. And as a matter of fact, I've heard, you know, some of those people because that mm -hmm. can be a vision. I had a dream and I was supposed to, and I was doing blah, da, de, blah. And now I'm, I better go do it. Like that's a thing. And there's biblical precedent for that mm, being spoken to me. No, I don't think there's biblical precedent. No, for I'm, I'm, okay. <clears throat> I'm that person. Yes, there is, Bruce. There's been, I had a dream. And it says he speaks to us in dreams when slumber falls Oh, well, upon yeah, man. yeah. You have a good point there. See, if you're going to be the other person, I have to be polite. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. That's why I was hoping it was you. I could just talk. Um, <laughs> That's right. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, we're still figuring out what we, humanity, yeah. figure out what dreaming does and dreaming is as a physiological thing. Mm -hmm. We know it's flushing out thoughts and inner feelings and things. So yes, your dreams can bring uh, messages through your subconscious. You know, if you're trying to, to uh, repress a memory and, and you shouldn't be, right. it'll probably pop up in your dreams somewhere. And so your, your inner self, your subconscious mm -hmm. uh, that you can't hide from God, like you can't, you know, you're your old good old conscience in there. Mm -hmm. It's always fighting on God's side. And so it can speak to us in our dreams. And I often, I'm sure, does and forcing us to try and see things in front of things. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't confuse that with a direct line from heaven where God's speaking in your dream because he went, I would, I would always err on the side of, wow, I had an insight in my dream last night. I've woken sure. up before where I dreamt Shard died, and I wake up and it's like, oh, I'm so glad she's alive, and wake up, wake up, I want to hug you and kiss you, and I just want to tell you I love you, and why? I dreamt you died. And, I, and so yeah. it actually changed the way I feel and felt. Right. Now, I wouldn't go, God gave me a dream last night so that I would love you more. <laughs> he might have. Right, right, right. But again, it's the whole James thing. Yeah. If that is the Pastor Tom thing, if that was maybe, I don't know, yeah. but wherever it came from, it caused me to show more love and be a better husband. So it's good. Right. But I'm not going to take it a prideful step further and say, I know that God himself uh, put a dream in my head last night. Also, on that same note, Although I say, you know, you can follow your the things you dream, you wake up. Yeah, if it makes sense and is logical and it has good biblical precedent, step out on it. Sure, maybe a subconscious is giving you an insight. 
But if you wake up, oh, I dreamt last night that I'm a missionary, that I was a missionary, and I've never wanted to be one, and it doesn't appeal to me. And I was but, on Mars. But, <laughs> and it was the Martian people. I'm going to start maybe. building a rocket. Yeah. God's called me. So I would, I would say to never, yeah. never uh, believe black and white. That be, if, if all you have is you had a dream. Right. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't, I just can't think of a situation where you can go, I know that was God, and so I know I must do it because this is how he spoke to me. And a lot of Maybe those dreams, boy, oh boy, like if you think about, oh, it was a, you know, a floating uh, torch or whatever, right? Like these are things too that I'm like, I don't know, where, I, I don't think I would have gotten up and been like, mm, I see what's going on here. Because a lot of them were symbolism and everything. And so... It's going to get extra tricky. Well, you ever notice though when they you ever notice what he meant, what he's saying to you? You ever notice when he talks to them in their dreams? A lot of the times, if not most of the time, it says, "And they fell into a deep sleep." Yeah, fell into a deep sleep, and God spoke to them. And people talk about what's a deep sleep, and there's only there's I don't know, but there but when we dream. There's that weird uh, aspect of, what do you call it when you know you're dreaming? A lucid. <laughs> lucid dream, where you know you're dreaming. Right. And what's so incredible about a lucid dream is that when you wake up, and they've done studies on this, I read a little book, uh, it was very little, but it said that uh, lucid dreams um, are contained in a different part of your brain. You know how you forget a dream when you wake up, sure. it just goes away? A lucid dream you don't forget. And in fact, you remember lucid dreams uh, with more clarity, colors, smells, words. You remember them incredibly well, better than regular hmm. memories. Uh, because a dream isn't an actual place that you're visiting. It's being created by your brain. Mm -hmm. And in a lucid dream, all of your brain's creating there... Sure is stored. And so when you right. wake up, it's like, and so I remember I've had like three really good lucid dreams. Yeah. I still remember the details. Yeah. It's like, I, I can just see every aspect of that dream. So I do wonder, I speculate. Uh, speculate means I put forward, I don't know. I do wonder if the falling into a deep sleep mm -hmm. is just a lucid dreaming where God basically goes, while you're sleeping, hey, Hey, and you wake up in your sleep, and whoa, am I still asleep? Yes, you are. This is called lucid dreaming because I need this to be recorded in a different part of your brain because I got a lot to say and show you. So in your dream, I can just show you so many things and I can explain these things. And now we're done. You rest and wake up in the morning and you wake up and you go, <laughs> Give me a pen. Give me a scribe. Yeah, yeah. I remember every detail. Right. I remember what he said and how he said it and what it looked like. And yeah. So I, I wonder if that if that's the how they knew because otherwise, how do you know when you're a prophet? And you wake up and it's like, wait, was that the Lord last night or was that the? Uh, did they have pizza? Was that <laughs> the uh, equivalent to pizza? <laughs> you called into question all of the great things that you're saying as you wonder. Did they have pizza back then? And I'm like, hmm, maybe, maybe not. Anyway, but that would be a way where you wake up and you go, oh, I had another one of those deep sleep dreams. Right. Yeah. That God that has only seems... visited me in those. Yeah. It's a thought. I like it. It's a thought. That's all. 
Um, okay, we're we're kind of pushing on time, so I'm oh gonna yeah, we're a, done. Yeah. Uh, Any uh, other anybody have who to had, ask? No, I don't have anything have to asks in here, um, but I'll give you the, that last thirty seconds in case because we always right when we end, somebody says but but but, and they have something great. So if they if you need something to sneak in, sneak it in right now. Otherwise, I'll just say uh, what's up uh, on the docket, what's coming next because we just did his will. Yeah. Will so be what's done. next? On Earth as it is in Heaven. Are we doing that as, how are we? No, I covered On Earth as it is in Heaven here. Oh, yeah. Three things. Are we not going to like Daily Bread already, are we? Yeah, we're on the Daily Bread. Ooh. Daily Bread. That's a lot of. Daily Bread. Oh, boy. I got a picture of a bread. I'm just, I'm only, I am only slightly nervous because I remember just recently going down the Holy Manitola. No, we're not going to Manitola. We're just going on bread. And <laughs> we'll see. Bread that comes from heaven and he says, oh, I got a picture. I got a picture of a loaf of bread they, uh, that was baked uh, when that scripture was written. You have a picture of a loaf of bread that was baked when that scripture was written. Yeah. I don't know how they got a camera back then. <laughs> I know. I was like, man, I'm calling um, into question some of your Okay. Plans. I'm not saying when the scripture was spoken, but when right. it <laughs> was written <laughs> around the time of Pompeii. Mm. Oh, and they opened up a bakery in Pompeii, and the oven still was had bread loaves in it, perfectly just oh, ain't that fun. perfectly preserved charcoal, but still just exactly the loaves and all the and boy, it's really somebody cool. Somebody tasted it. Did anybody give it? Yeah, a like they that said show it was a little burnt. Old <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, like burnt toast. <laughs> okay, cool. I think we're good to go. We're gonna let everybody go unless you got anything else you nope, want to say. No, no, I didn't realize we're ten minutes over. We're ten minutes over, but Sorry. we love you, miss you. We'll see you guys in okay. another week. Until bye then, bye. Stay safe. <laughs>